Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. From the voice of rock, Glenn Hughes, to the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, you are locked and loaded right here on the Music Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Schweitzer. So glad to be with you here as we are off and running into the spring and summer months, which is um, the best time of the year for us because, you know, for me personally, I'm as busy now as I am uh, any time of the year. I love the summers. I'm always out uh, hitting shows. Uh, going to concerts, doing reviews, doing interviews. That's what we do. That's what it's all about here. And that's why you are listening here. You don't listen to this show to hear my take on everything from top 10 guitarists of all time to top 15 metal albums. You hear, you listen to this to hear the wonderful guests. And on this show, it is absolutely taken to another level because not really one, not necessarily even two, but th- three huge guests on this show, including an entire band, as we were at Rocklahoma over the weekend, and I'm going to give you my thoughts uh, on that event, and we were able to catch up with the band First Strike out of Tulsa. They were able to sit down with me in the media tent, so we're going to get a few quotes from them. The whole band kind of joined me, so we'll have uh, all those guys. We'll have the audio from that interview, and then uh, our two featured interviews, uh, we have Don Felder. Yes, Don Felder, legendary former guitarist of the Eagles. Yes, legendary singer-songwriter, rock and roll Hall of Famer, best-selling author, and former guitarist of the Eagles, and certainly... He's a true American rock and roll guitar hero. Don Felder is bringing more of his timeless music to adoring fans, not only in America, but worldwide with uh, his latest release and second solo album, American Rock and Roll. It's on BMG Music now. You can pick it up on DonFelder.com. We're going to be talking with him about uh, his journey as a guitarist, uh, one of the most renowned guitarists uh, in rock and roll history, of course, for uh, 27 years. He was uh, in the Eagles. He was there um, in the heyday. He was there and wrote Hotel California. Yes, Don Felder is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about his new solo album and tour dates that are coming up this summer. He's done some big uh, solo tours himself. He's toured with bands like Styx, REO Speedwagon, um, and many more, and now he's out on his own. And we're going to be talking to him about uh, this new album, American Rock and Roll, that exemplifies the true spirit of American rock and roll guitar. He is a true guitar hero in every sense of the word. And uh, and then we're going to be joined by Johnny Rabb, the drummer from the band Collective Soul. Of course, Collective Soul is going to be out um, on tour this summer with Gin Blossoms. What a uh, combination that's going to be. That's going to be out hitting some pretty big markets, some pretty big venues. So not only have they announced uh, this summer tour with the Gin Blossoms, but keeping with the Atlanta band's theme of 2019, now is the time to also let fans know their 10th highly anticipated uh, studio album, Blood, is going to be released on June 21st. So 
Um, you can also already check out the lyric video for Right as Rain. It's on the band's official YouTube page. Collective Soul, one of those bands that, man, you know, we've had uh, Will Turpin on from uh, Collective Soul. Uh, we've had uh, Dean Rowland on from, from the band. So we've really run the gamut here now to have Johnny Rabb. He's been in the band seven years now as a drummer. And as uh, E. Rowland, the lead singer, tries to take the band to the next level, they're going to be on this big tour unveiling this new album, Blood, which is fantastic. Very diverse album. Definitely check it out at CollectiveSoul.com. You can pre-order it there. Um, it's going to be out uh, here in just a few weeks, June 21st. So we're going to be talking with Johnny Rabb about that and all the goings on. But before we get into that, I've got to tell you about my experience at Rocklahoma 2019. This is my, let's see, third time covering the event as a member of the media and fourth time attending overall. I was at the first Rocklahoma in 2007. It was an earth-shattering experience for me. I was like uh, 21, 22 years old, just going out with my friends, camping out for three days, checking out bands like Twisted Sister, Doc and Winger, Vince Neil. It was all 80s back then, and you got just about every <laughs> significant band from the 80s, um, good, bad, or otherwise, were at that event. Fast forward to 2019, the festival's in its 13th year. I'm there covering the event as a member of the media, which is always surreal to be there on those grounds in the middle of nowhere in prior Oklahoma, but to have all these people, 25,000 people each day for three days that come in, they braved weather, there was tornadoes, there was rain, there was flooding in the area, and to have these people that banded together and uh, did not stop them from coming and letting them have the time of their lives and enjoying bands like Shine Down, Steel Panther was there, Tech Nine, Corn. Uh, Sunday was a big day for me because I got to see Jackal and Bush, who were the highlight of the event for me, and I'll get to that later. And I was able to catch up with the band First Strike, and we're going to get to my little sit-down with the band First Strike. They're out of Tulsa. Tour, they uh, played with bands like Metallica back in the day. They were forged from the era of early 80s metal and uh, influences like Pantera, UFO, and Metallica, and we're going to talk to them about that uh, and, and their experience playing at Rocklahoma, uh, which is kind of a hometown event for them. But I get chills every time. I go there. A lot of people make fun of it. They talk about the kind of people that go there, that it's, you know, for the lowest common denominator, that's for the trash of America, people in Oklahoma. I'm telling you what, the people that I meet, the things that happen there, I think it's just a wonderful camaraderie. And sure, not everything goes well. It's a festival. There's going to be problems every year. There's weather, there's fights, there's thefts, there's all sorts of problems. But in the end, it's all about rock and roll. And as Jesse James Dupree put it uh, during his set at Rocklahoma, Jackal's set, he said, um, you know, this is about celebrating the fundamentals of rock and roll, and I couldn't agree more. And um, love always seeing Jackal. Bush was awesome. Gavin Rossdale, one of the most underrated frontmen in rock and roll, put on an amazing show. Bush just riveted that crowd with those hits from 16 Stone. They've got a new album coming out. I'm a big Bush fan. Uh, can't hide that. Uh, so it's great to see them. It's great to be on hand. Um, to me, it signifies the beginning of summer when it's Memorial Day weekend, no matter what you did, if you hit a rock festival, if you went to the lake, as long as you're out doing something and enjoying this wonderful thing called summer, we only get it for the few months a year, guys, get out and enjoy it, hit a live show, do things with your friends, drink some beverages, get out there and just enjoy it. That's what it's all about. That's what we did. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to take you to my interview with the band First Strike, uh, from Rocklahoma. This was from the media tent on Sunday. We are live at Rocklahoma 2019. I'm being joined by First Strike. Guys, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Um, is this your first time playing the event? Nah, not quite. No. Ninth. Nine. Ninth. Nine. Number nine. So this is my number four. So okay. we must have not crossed We're beating you by five. Four. Yeah. So what, 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 what was your first year? 2010. 
Wow. So you were there for the mud, I think maybe the mud one a few years I ago? I think they're all mud ones, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah this is Oklahoma. <laughs> where, where, where are you guys from? We're out of, actually out of Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yep. Yes, sir. Surviving the tornadoes and all there? Believe it or not, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we were part of the hoopla last night, and thank God uh, our families are safe, and uh, sorry about anybody that had problems, and our hearts are with you. Luckily, we uh, are all good. Well, talk about uh, your guys' career. How long have you guys been, uh, you know, you know, been out here doing this? Um, just kind of talk about where you guys are at, new music, anything like that? Yeah, just real quickly, we've been together since uh, 1983. Brian and I started First Strike, and we've had some lineup changes over the years. Um, we've had Mike now for about 10. Steve's a new man, been with us. Well, he's not really that new. He was with us in the early 90s, played bass. And we made him our guitar player a year ago. So this is our second Rocklahoma with him. And uh, uh, basically, we're uh, working on some new stuff. And plans are to put out another album, hopefully in 2020. Absolutely. Can't wait for that. So, Steve, you're the new guy. Yep. Um, how are they treating you so far? Oh, man, they suck. <laughs> they just have that. They do kind of have that, like, I'm going to... Put you in your place, type look, yeah, you know. In my house, they leave their <laughs> in my living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You have no idea what I do to his guitar. Puppet strings. Well, talk about my underwear. Um, how did how, did you have an awareness of first strike before? Yeah, I've known them since '82, '83. You know, we they were the big shots. They were the guys with all the stuff. It's like, ooh, first strike. And uh, you know, they were they had the shit back then, man. I'm not kidding you. They remember the show. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was crazy. And, um, the bigger the better back then. Yeah, we've just been friends all these years, and you know, in '92 they needed a bass player, and I had to be over there drinking one night. And next thing you know, I'm playing bass. So, you guys are from Tulsa. How many times would you say, if you could even quantify it, numbers that you played uh, Kane's Ballroom over there? Oh, gosh, man. Yeah. It's one of my favorite venues. Yeah, I yeah. love the Kane's. I played it six or seven times. It, yeah. At least a dozen. We opened yeah. up for Metallica there. Before they were. Was that '83, '82, or three? It was a Ride the Lightning tour. '85. Yep. 84, 85. What yeah, about, was it, was it Wasp in there? Wasp and Armored Wasp Saint? Canceled. They didn't make it. That sounds about like Blackie Lawless to yeah, me. Yes. It sounds it about right. Yeah, it was us, and it was just us and Metallica. And I want to say that was 84. Yeah, it could have been 84. You know, I mean, we're sitting there on the couch hanging out with Lars and James Hetfield, and those guys were cool as hell. Uh, Cliff, Cliff was still in a band. You know? Wow, yeah, because he uh, would have 86. Yeah. Uh, he would have died, yeah. so... So you, the Tulsa area, what was it? What was the scene like? Kind of the metal scene like in the in the early '80s? Because you know when you think about metal, you know, you know Tulsa. I mean, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Kansas City. We had a few bands come from our way, our way, but you know, it's, it's, the Midwest wasn't exactly a bastion for producing metal acts back then. Dude, it kind was doggy mid- dog. Right. There wasn't a lot of support and a lot of promotion going on. So most of the bands would form, or it's a less expensive economy to put stuff together, and then would hit the road and go east or west or go south down to Texas and get into whatever vehicle and just get out on the road. Um, there just wasn't a lot of support and a lot of clubs, and then it exploded, and there was a bunch of stuff in the middle for a while. Then I think economy and then people changed what they did. Uh, a lot of people split and went different directions as far as where their careers went, and uh, the road took them to uh, bigger meccas and, and bigger markets, and a lot of cats went and did that. But uh, there's a lot of the guys and a lot of bands that got a big, good start in the Midwest. <laughs> guys, so what to, to, what does it mean to you guys personally 
to still be asked to, to play festivals like this because when it comes around and Rocklahoma's here and there's 30,000 people out here a day and you've got the, the three stages, you've got bands out here today like Ace Freely, sure. uh, you know, one of my favorite guitarists of all time, yeah. um, Jackal and, and Bush and, and Disturbed and Blackstone Cherry. What does that mean to you guys personally? It's, it's, it's an honor. I mean, we love coming and doing stuff like this. That's why we're so glad we've done it so many years, you know, and, and, and I mean, we've done it nine years consecutively. Uh, and and it's just it's great you get to come out here and play with you know guys and and girls and and the bands that you've looked up to and listened to all your lives so and I with an it. audience that's receptive to this yes. it must feel amazing to be great. out oh, here yeah, just, totally great, no, no one's yelling freebird here great <laughs> like Brian said it's, it's an honor yeah it, it really is I mean, I mean how many bands would just love to be in our shoes especially at our age to say they play rock Oklahoma nine times and today you know it just really feels good guys i'll tell you what first strike it's been such a pleasure having you here on the music media podcast this is awesome for us can't thank you guys enough great show out there today um this is just great guys have a great rest of the weekend and stay uh stay dry out there thank you guys appreciate you and uh rock on man so cool to catch up with uh, the guys from First Strike. I mean, what great guys they were just to sit down with me. You heard uh, Rick Adams mostly. He's the lead vocalist. Uh, Jim Rutledge, uh, Brian Wallace, and uh, you know Mike on drums was in there. Guys, really good band. Check them out uh, on Facebook. It's at First Strike on a Nightmare Warpath on Facebook. So check them out. I really enjoyed my conversation with uh, with First Strike. Great guys, uh, great band. So now on to my interview. With the legendary Don Felder, this was taped, uh, I guess it's been about a week, week and a half ago now, as Don's getting ready to embark on a bunch of solo shows uh, this summer, and of course his new album is American Rock and Roll. Let's take you to that interview that I did with the legendary Don Felder. It is our pleasure to welcome to the show none other than legendary guitarist Don Felder. Don, welcome to the show. I know you've got a really cool event coming up today. You're playing a show later on today. What do you got going on today, Don? Uh, I have a performance later this afternoon or early evening to play at the Library of Congress for all the congressmen and senators that uh, can come out and see the show for a, co a company or organization called ASCAP, A-S-C-A-P, stands for the American Society of Composers and Publishers, to be able to bring some awareness to uh, the plight uh, of uh, American songwriters today that they're still being controlled by laws in 1941 and at that same pay scale from 1941, which is controlled by the government. The government doesn't control any other industry like the pharmaceutical industry or the automobile industry. Everything's a free market, except for some reason. They control the, the writers and publishers uh, organizations, BMI and ASCAP. So we're here to bring a little... Um, awareness to the congressmen and senators about some of the old laws that need reform regarding uh, free market uh, for musicians, songwriters, and publishers. Well, you've brought a little awareness to us here this morning. That's something I was not aware of, so that is uh, amazing that you're out there doing that, and uh, tremendous. Uh, singers and songwriters should be 
uh, protected as much as uh, as much as anyone. That is amazing. And so best of luck with that uh, show. And hopefully some people are able to be brought some awareness to that. And of course, a lot of people have been brought awareness to the fact that you have a new album out. It came out um, on April 5th. It's called American Rock and Roll. Don, what's the, the feedback been like so far? I think this is tremendous. You've got a load of guest stars on this thing. A lot of friends of ours like Sammy Hagar and Slash. Talk about what what this album means to you and what the reception's been like so far. Well, the reception has been really overwhelmingly positive. The album reviews, the postings on all the social media, on Don Felder Music, at uh, Instagram. The response has been really overwhelmingly positive, which has just been fabulous for me. You never know when you write and record and put out a song, whether it's going to be well-received or critically acclaimed or criticized and, and uh, you know, knocked down. And so I, I think uh, it, it's just been a delight for me to write and record this album, American Rock and Roll. And going through the process of writing these songs, being able to call on friends of mine that I know and that I know how they play and how they sound, and having them step up and play on certain songs that I asked them to play on. Like, when I wrote American Rock and Roll, the title track for this album, uh, I was at Woodstock in 1969 and saw Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, uh, Graceful Dad, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Janis Joplin, all those incredible people that were there uh, on stage, and that to me was the largest kind of rock and roll nuclear explosion that ever happened. And the fallout from that weekend went on to influence people and musicians around the entire globe. Uh, and so I went back to that event, which is actually also noted in the song Hotel California, where the line says, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Mm -hmm. That spirit was the spirit of Woodstock, that just incredible uh, explosion that took place back there. So I went back to that event and wrote this through the decades of all the people that not only were there in the first verse that I write, but through the decades, how those people had risen to the top of the music business that were so influenced by that event. Um, all the way up until, you know, the turn of the 21st century. Uh, and uh, when, when I started writing that song, I went, this thing needs to sound like the 70s. It needs to sound like the late 60s, early 70s. How do I do that? So to me, Nick Fleetwood, when he plays, sounds just like the early 70s late 60s, early 70s. So I contacted Mick, and he was in Hawaii, and I sent him some stems. Uh, he overdubbed in his studio, sent me back this amazing performance. About halfway through the record, uh, it needed to shift from that 70s feel to like a more just modern, contemporary, aggressive feel. So I got Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers we reached out, contacted Chad, came into my studio, and jumped in about halfway through the track, and it sounds like a 5,000-pound gorilla is <laughs> playing drums. Uh, when he starts playing, it just it just shifts gears and 
that gets rubber when he puts the pedal to the metal there. And it musically migrates, as it should, from, you know, that late 60s, early 70s feel and sound to a more contemporary, aggressive, chili pepper, Foo Fighters kind of aggressive sound that took place later in the 90s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. So, uh, and then I thought of the verse where I had mentioned uh, Guns N' Roses, Slash and Rose, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll see if I can get Slash to, to stop in and play a couple of licks on that verse, kind of his uh, iconic sound and the way he plays for that verse. And so he came over and said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, I, I don't know. What do you want to do? He said, well, just start at the top and let me start recording. So he recorded <laughs> about three entire passes. All of which were fantastic. But then after he finished, I had to make room for myself. So I went in, took some of his licks and moved them around and edited his stuff, made some room for myself to play and answer some of his stuff. And what happens is that it sounds very much like in the first verse. I play a Hendrix-style lick in there when I talk about Jimi Hendrix. In the second verse, I play a Allman Brothers lick because Dwayne taught me how to play slide. Uh, and then later, uh, when uh, Slash starts playing along in the choruses, and I'm answering him in the choruses and the verses, it's a mixture of what I think is a lovely combination of artists from completely different decades playing together on this song about the history of American rock and roll. And so it was really fun to be able to cast people that I know uh, that play a certain way on these different songs to obtain and achieve the effect that I wanted musically on this record. Well, it is, in fact, tremendous. Uh, great to hear from our friends Richie Sambor and Orianthi and uh, Sammy Hagar providing some vocal stuff. This is a whole different album, though, for for you, Don, because on Road to Forever, which came out in 2012, you basically recorded all the guitar parts uh, yourself. So switching from that to American Rock and Roll, where you have all these these guest stars and, and have all this, uh, all, all this going on, what was kind of the transition like for you, and uh, did you prefer doing it this way versus uh, the, what you did before? Well, I love being able to do everything on Road to Forever myself. I had something to prove, not only to myself, but to everyone that was going to listen to this record, that uh, I uh, was able to create this and do it all myself, write all the songs, uh, produce all the guitar parts, you know, put it all together. And I had done that. But to me, the one thing that I thought was missing was the spontaneity and the freedom of walking into a room with Joe Satriani, having no idea what we're going to do, plugging in two guitars and having a little conversation, me playing a couple of licks, him playing a couple of licks, and figuring out how we make this thing fit together. Uh, the harmony parts we got to work together on the end, and who's going to answer what solo, and you know what I mean? And that was... That pushed me out of my safe zone, which I love being out on the edge of the cliff right there and having to come up with stuff on the spot. And if Satriani's sitting there or Sambora's sitting there or whoever it is sitting right in the room, Slash there with you, you can't, you know, just fall back on some lick or you don't get five takes to make it right. 
you just got to dig deep and come up with something really great. So it was exciting and thrilling to me to be able to go toe-to-toe with some of what I consider the best guitarists in the world, whether it's Oriente or, or Sambora or Satriani or whoever it is. It, it pushed me into a place that I love to be, that moment of spontaneity where you have to come up with something brilliant. So I chose try that and it was so much fun I think the very end outcome was really worth the time and effort and coordination it took to get all those people together in the same room and not all of us were in the same room at the same time I think Alex Leipzig from Rush was in Canada I had this some stems up there to play on and he sent back this amazing acoustic guitar and the solo of uh, the track he played on and a great solos at the end that we did together. It just, uh, it was really an interesting way to do things. Uh, both uh, when we were sitting in the same room together with some of the guitarists and having to do it remotely for whatever I got back, I had to edit and figure out how I play a harmony on this particular line with something somebody else wrote. It was fun. I, I, I had a great time doing it. I was very pleased with the outcome. I will probably try to do more things like that in the future. Excellent. Um, I'll tell you what, another place that you love to be, Don, is on stage, and you're going to be doing that on and off throughout the summer, my friend, not only today at the Library of Congress, but uh, you're going to hit the road uh, starting June 22nd in Murphy's, California. And this is a headlining run of dates. This is amazing for, for your fans who have seen you play with such bands as Styx and REO Speedwagon. You've been on some really great bills over the last few years, but now you get a chance to go out uh, on a headlining run. What's this going to be like for you, kind of unveiling these songs while also going back and, of course, playing a lot of your classics from the Eagles? days. Yeah, exactly that. I will always play some of the songs that I co-wrote and uh, toured with and recorded with the Eagles for the 27 years that I was in the band, uh, because people really associate me with that music. And at the same time, I'll play a couple of songs from my last solo record, Road to Forever, and or a couple of songs from this new uh, album, American Rock and Roll. So it gives you a, a wider uh, look into my music career. I'll do heavy metal from the soundtrack. Uh, but thankfully, ironically enough, Sammy Hagar and I both wrote songs called Heavy Metal for that soundtrack album. <laughs> I'm doing some dates later with Sammy. We both play our versions of Heavy Metal in our live show. So it's just a lot of fun. And uh, whether, I'm, uh, whether I'm headlining or on a multi-headline bill, I don't care. I just have fun playing, and I love the response from the audiences. And we have a great time together with me on stage, them out in the audience enjoying it. Everybody's got their cell phones up, making videos, taking pictures by the end of my set, and we're just having a ball. It's a fun rock and roll evening of great classic rock and roll. That's what fans can certainly expect from you, Don. And, you know, as we kind of go broader picture here and looking back on your career from a kid growing up down in Gainesville, Florida, to, to moving to New York, um, to 27 years with one of the most iconic rock bands of all time, and, and to still to this day be out there bringing this music to the masses, just kind of when you reflect on it, what kind of emotions come to mind when you think about all these years? Well, you know, it was really funny. Last night when I got here to Washington, I had a dinner downstairs uh, in this restaurant. I walked in and they had some other artists that are going to be playing tonight on this bill. And I managed to sit down right next to Felix Cavalieri. 
When I first moved to New York in 1968, the Young Rascals and their road crew and management were my band called Flow at the time. They were our mentors. They gave us a PA so we could practice on the sure PA. Dino Dinelli, their drummer, gave us a set of drums. Felix loaned us one of their organs and a Leslie to play. Gene Cornish gave me one of his Gibson Gene Cornish guitars. They really were our sponsor in helping us uh, get started. Uh, Their road managers and management helped us find an apartment to live in and actually gave us money so we wouldn't literally starve to death for the first couple of months we were here. (laughs) So it was the first chance where I got to sit down next to uh, Felix in person and thank him and recount all the amazing things that he and his band had done for us. Recount sitting in uh, Atlantic Records, watching him sing It's a Beautiful Morning uh, with Tommy Dowd producing the record. Uh, Just unbelievable things that they had done just out of the kindness and generosity. And he said, well, you know, when I grew up, people helped people in the music business. You know, you needed something and you had it. You just helped people. And he said, it's not that way today at all. So I, if anything, I'm going the other way at this point in my life and trying to help as many people as I can, whether it's songwriters, uh, publishers through ASCAP work or uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital doing charity work to raise money for sick kids or whatever the cause is. Uh, I just did a show a couple of months ago with Billy Gibbons, uh, Joe Bonamassa, Orianti was on the show with me, Stephen Stills, a bunch of people that I know and played Billy Gibbons. Um, it was to raise money for vets and um, fallen firemen and police officers' families. So, you know, to me, it's really rewarding to be able to do a lot of public shows but it's also really rewarding to do a lot of shows and a lot of things that I can do to help raise awareness and money for people that so need it. Well, it's been incredible. It's been quite a ride, and we just can't uh, wish you enough success on the new album, American Rock and Roll. It is uh, tremendous. It is definitely some great road-tripping music, which we will be out doing all summer long, as, as will you, Don. Uh, best of luck out there on the road. It's going to be a great tour. You can go to donfelder.com and get all the tour dates and, of course, the new album, which is available on all digital formats. So go get it now, man. This is a, it's, it's out, and it's on all the, all the formats. Uh, you can get it on Spotify and, and all over the place. So <laughs> it's... It's everywhere, isn't it? Is it not? Yeah, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it at donfelder.com, uh, at my merch store there. You can get uh, actually vinyl. It's out on vinyl too. If there are anybody who are big vinyl fans like myself, you uh, you can get it just about anywhere. You can order it online from Amazon. You, you can get it anywhere. You can get it at your local gas station if you want. <laughs> That's where I'm heading to get it right now. Uh, Don, best of luck out there with that with the show, raising awareness at the, the Library of Congress today. You're a, you're a true legend in every sense of the word. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Clint. Talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks a lot. That was surreal for me. I cannot thank Don Felder enough. He was my wake-up call. That morning, um, imagine, I think that day I taped three or four interviews. Imagine your day starting with a phone call from Don Felder. 
legendary former guitarist of the Eagles, and now forging his path as a solo artist, as a guitar hero. He's all the above. American Rock and Roll. Amazing album. Go to his website right now, donfelder.com. You can check it out. And I want to segue that into our final interview of a loaded podcast, and I hope you'll leave us feedback uh, any way you choose to listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify. Just uh, always appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and um, you know giving us your feedback. Uh, that's uh, the lifeblood of this show for sure. So without further ado, let's go to our interview with Johnny Rab right after a little word from our sponsor, because if you didn't realize it by now, you've got to know that our sponsor is CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland, they buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. Give them a visit off Antioch Road in Gladstone today. Tell them Music Mania sent you and there will be a discount or it's on us. Guys, CD Warehouse, Gladstone, Missouri for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. Louder Than Life, America's premier three-day rock festival, comes to Louisville's Highly Festival grounds at the KY Expo Center, September 27th through 29th, starring Guns N' Roses, Slipknot, Disturbed, Rob Zombie, Godsmack, Marilyn Manson, Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, Hailstorm, and many more. Single day and weekend passes are available now at louderthanlifefestival.com. Experience it live. Johnny, doing great, my friend. Uh, how's everything going this morning? It's an exciting time for you guys, I know. Getting ready to gear up for the summer, new album. How's everything been going, my friend? Oh, it's good. You're going to hear my dog bark, and I'm outside trying to enjoy, even though it's gray in Indiana, I am trying to enjoy before hitting the road. Well, absolutely. <laughs> no problem on the dog. That's uh, We'd love to have uh, him as a guest as well, but I'll tell you, it's... Uh, we're we're experiencing some quite some storms here in Missouri ourselves, so we're uh, we're in the Midwest as well. So we're just trying to brave some of these storms. But I tell you, the storm of Collective Soul, my friend, is hitting the uh, the road this summer. You guys are going to be out with Gin Blossoms. I think this is an awesome pairing. This thing starts uh, here in uh, in late May and, and runs through most of the summer. Well, this is a great bill. Just talk about uh, this tour and what it means for you guys to be out there with Gin Blossoms. Absolutely, it's going to be amazing. We're you know really excited to hit the road with them again. We've done a bunch of shows with them in the past over the past three or four years, and now we get a chance to actually do a full tour. We've talked about it for a while, and guys are great guys. Robin and the guys, I'm friends with Scott, obviously the drummer, uh, fellow drummer. The whole band's great, so we're really getting ready. It's a great pairing. Um, you know, all the hits from from both bands. It, it really does make a great night of like full music I, I love that so it's not really just any thought of opening or who's closing the show it's just a night with both bands and so we are definitely excited about it. it's always been a, a good lineup well you know you guys have done a lot of different things over the last few years just in the last couple of years alone i've seen you at uh, big festivals like rocklahoma sharing the stage with yeah. uh, the scorpions you see at rock fest here in kansas city with sammy hagar out there just uh, in hailstorm and bands like that how big do you think that was here in the last few years just do doing some of those big festivals around uh, america how big was that for your visibility as you head into kind of this new album cycle and tour here well what we really like is playing live so being able to hit the road and share stages with our favorite groups or friends, and they're all become friends, right? But it means a lot to us, and it, it helps quite a bit to reach a broad audience. In a festival-type setting, you get to be able to play in front of people that might not come directly for you, but once they see the show, you might gain a new fan. So 
that's what we like about playing live. And, you know, Sammy Hagar tour with the circle was fantastic. Such a great guy, the whole band as well. And, um, those type of tours always bode well for the band, for us and, and for everybody. And, uh, we love it, whether it's us headlining or, or getting into a package type tour like with Sammy or, or we did three doors down last year. And, uh, it is a blast. As I said, you can kind of get the cross promotion, if you will. If somebody's coming directly for Sammy, then they might go, man, Collective Soul. I, oh, I remember that. And then they start going, I, they did all those songs? So it really works out for the best for everybody. Well, I think between you and Gin Blossoms, you guys, between the two bands, you guys pretty much run the gambit of almost every pop rock, alternative, whatever you want to call it, rock hit of the 90s. Between the two bands, you're going to hear it all hear every one of them on this tour. So it's a, it's a wonderful collection. It's going to be awesome. So it starts May 25th um, in Atlantic City. And uh, you guys are going to be, I'll catch you guys in St. Louis on the 31st of August. So towards the end of the tour, I'll be catching you guys. But uh, not okay. only that, but it's a big time for uh, you guys. Of course, the new album, Blood. It's, uh, it's coming out here in about a month. How exciting uh, is this for you? I know this is the second studio album you've done uh, with Collective Soul. How exciting is this for you? Do you feel yeah. more entrenched uh, in another album coming out? I mean, how how has it the the process been for you? I was always a I'm very glad to be part of the band and uh, work with the guys. And you know, this album we did kind of off campus. I say that because the see we started the continuing sound at Ed's home studio, which is some of the best drum sounds I've ever uh, achieved in the studio. You know, with the guys and Sean Grove engineering and. Um, it was a blast. We went in for about 11 days, 12 days in, in a studio called the Barbershop in New Jersey on a lake, uh, Hopatcong, Hopatcong, whatever you want to pronounce <laughs> it. Great little town there. And you know, we played live and we, we, we tracked it all live and, and it's, it's, it's really great. And I'll tell you what's really fascinating is now being able to, this is the beginning of my eighth year, to be able to play with the guys and, you know, obviously I love playing all the hits that uh, Ed and the gang have created. Um, and however, it's fun to now get into a bunch of the new tunes. I'll see what you started and also blood playing them live and going, Oh, cool. These are my parts. And, you know, I know these songs now don't get me wrong. I know all their catalog, but there's something to be said for the feeling of going, cool. This is me and the guys, you know, songs here and, and we're, we're having a good time. And, um, the process was exciting, and you know Ed comes to us with the with the song ideas. And even though there's other writers in the band, we all have our other projects. But Ed is the mastermind behind these songs, and he's always writing. He's just a fantastic musician, writer, engineer, and singer, and more. Um, it's just a kind of a cool situation to be involved in, in the sense of uh, seeing it come to light and now going out to support this album. Yes, it does mean a lot, and and it had a lot of emotional family connections to this record as well. So that's, uh, it means a lot to me. Well, that's wonderful. You know, we've seen the lyric video for Right as Rain already, so that's already uh, on YouTube, and it's been a lot of talk about that, a lot of people uh, checking that out and a lot of positive feedback so far. So um, let's kind of talk about the rest of the album. What um, can fans expect? I mean, I think that with Collective Soul, there's always a certain, um, you know, certain sound that is synonymous, and, you know, you got E. Rowland's uh, voice and, and, all the, and Dean and everything that uh, the band is about, but... Talk talk more about the album and just kind of what uh, fans can expect from this release coming up. Well, I think it truly is an album. It's a collection of uh, uh, deep thought out music, and you know, even even the order of the of the programming on the record. Uh, so we have everything from what you expect from Collective Soul to 
rock, straight up rock and roll driving uh, songs, as well as emotional mid-tempo tunes like Port Swing uh, and uh, Observations of Thought or Observation of a Thought. Um, again, I'm still getting used to the title, so forgive me. But uh, then you've also got the drive of like kind of funky rock like Crush, which has got kind of an offbeat drum intro and um, it, it a good place to start kind of pop rock. So, I mean, all these labels, I don't really want to put on it. We're still rocking, but it, it just runs the entire gamut of, uh, of songs and everything you've heard from the past you love from Collective Soul is embodied here, but with, a, I think, a, even a new passion from Ed and, and, the, and all of us in the studio. So something for everyone on the record and one of those albums that it's, it's not a few songs that I think are good. I think it's a whole collection from start to finish. You put it on and just let it go, and I think you'll find it's a, a really, really solid record. And I, I know I'm a part of it, but I, I truly believe in the record and, and the album, what we've done. So I'm very, really excited about it. Well, you said something interesting. You talked about not being able to, able to put a label on it, and you've been in the band for seven years. I've always felt that you can't really put a label on Collective Soul, on what the band is. I think that's a huge testament to them. 25 years now celebrating the silver anniversary. You've been in the band for seven years now. Has it been kind of a whirlwind? How do you feel about uh, how the past seven years have been as you begin your eighth year in Collective Soul? And just kind of what's, what's the journey been like for you? Well, I mean, the first answer to that is I couldn't imagine not being involved with these guys. Um, even if I wasn't in the band somehow, I would still be friends with them. We've become like brothers. I say that on every kind of interview, but it is the truth. Um, we laugh, we cry, we do whatever emotions you can imagine, we do it because uh, we're on the road together and that's no joke. There's been a lot of ups and downs with uh, uh, losses and family uh, for everybody and, and different things like that, but then also some amazing upsides. Uh, we always love every show. Um, uh, the word whirlwind, it has been, uh, I guess, a career very, very positive, the most positive thing for me because I was very pigeonholed in the drum clinician type of background and, and educator. I still love all that and I still do it, but I started playing drums for music and song sake and early trying to get my own band signed and living in Nashville for years, trying to tour with country artists or, you know, what have you and try to be well-rounded. This feels like home to me. I know that's a very cliche thing, but it truly does. Like I said, getting ready to get on the bus on uh, Friday night, you know, to get, get to the gig on Saturday, it's, it's second home for me. So, uh, the whirlwind has kind of turned into, uh, uh, I, I don't get stagnant with it or, or take it for granted, but sure. it's turned into, as I said, home and the second part of my life besides my, my direct family. So it's a lucky situation. And uh, the guys know I love them. And uh, I'm so glad it's it's worked for as long as it has. So I, I don't take each year or each gig for granted at all. So it's a, I, I guess it's a, I guess as I say, when I look back at my career, it's a stamp on all right, fantastic, I'm in a band. Like, not just, you know, going to play a gig as a just drummer. I feel like I'm part of the band, and, and they've, they've allowed me to kind of, I guess, uh, hypothetically spread the, the wings on this last album on, on drum parts. And um, same thing with Be What You Started, but I've got to do everything I've wanted. We've got a live album, and we've got two recorded records, and one that's actually already finished um, besides Blood. So, I mean, there's, Ed is a machine when it comes to music, and they all mean something to him, uh, every song. So I just would, I guess I would try to say that from what I've heard from the guys, it's in the best direction it's possibly could be going in, and I don't see any end in sight. And, and that part, you know, I don't mind saying I'm 47. It's a great thing. There's a, a last thing I'll say, there's a lot of drummer friends of mine that are phenomenal players, 
and they're struggling having uh, you know gigs or a, a, a job. So not only am I drumming, I'm drumming with a band I was a fan of before being involved with. So you know, professionally to get in there and now become part of this group is it's it's been amazing. Well, one thing that, uh, like I said, always strikes strikes me about uh, Collective Soul is just um, it can really fit in so many different genres and with so many different bands. And Collective Soul has opened for bands like Van Halen in the past and, and done so many different types of tours. Of course, you'll be out with Gin Blossoms this summer. But one cool thing here is that you've got uh, Tommy Shaw from Styx uh, actually guest starring on this album. He's doing, uh, I think, adds vocals and guitars to the song Port Swing. Talk about what it was like having uh, Tommy involved. Well, it's an unmistakable voice as well as Ed's, in my opinion. So you hear him coming in for the end of the song on kind of the refrain. Uh, uh, my porch, rocking in my porch swing all night, uh, all night long until I write the next song. And he's just got a uh, amazing voice. And I'm, uh, we've had a really good opportunity in the past. We're friends with Sticks. We have the same management as, as Sticks. I'm good buddies with the drummer Todd Zuckerman from the clinic days. So... What that's like to me, that's a, it's just an exciting, it's an exciting thing to be honest of like, you know what, we're all, you know, Ed's been friends with these guys, but we're, we're becoming friends with the people that you grew up listening to, I guess. And so that's, it's kind of, kind of a really cool thing to, you know, share stages or share studio time with these uh, great musicians. So it adds such a great element too to that song. It's unbelievable that a, a, a vocal like that can just, elevate that toward the end of it and, and that's one of my favorite songs on the album to be honest so tommy being on there just added another little magic touch to it can't wait for that one i tell you what before we let you go uh, guys you can go to collectivesoul.com right now to pre-order the new album in his blood it comes out on june 21st and you can get vip for this tour which is awesome because and i want to ask you about that because i always like to i ask bands about kind of the vip experience what it's like meeting fans i know a lot of bands are doing this and it's a really cool opportunity for fans to come back what is it like for you and, and the band whenever it comes is, is it does it ever become tedious? Is it hard to kind of have to know you have to set aside that time and you know, got to shake a lot of hands, got to take a lot of photos? Is it, is it cool for you guys? What's it like? And, uh, you know, obviously fans, we want to urge them to go uh, check out the VIP package. But what's it like for the band uh, doing those VIP meet and greets? It's always very cool because we always get to, we get to see familiar faces, some new as well. And uh, we get to actually physically say, hey, what's going on? Shake hands. And um, sometimes, you know, I, obviously I've been in the band for seven years, going on eight and to see some of the older pictures that fans bring up to the Dean Ed and uh, and uh, Will, it's it's really cool to watch them go. Man, I remember that show. So it's always something new every time. And without our fans, I don't think that we'd be doing these live shows. So we we really love the loyal support from them. So by all means, it's it's a good situation. It's always good to see them. And man, there's it's surprising and exciting to see some people who be like, "This is my fiftieth show. It's my seventieth show." It's like, whoa. So. Diehard fans, and without them, we wouldn't be, you know, where we're at. So we, we love it. We love all the meeting our fans for sure. It is, and it's very affordable, and I think that's really important because, uh, you know, there's a lot of fans out there uh, like Kiss where – I mean, I, you know, my uh, MasterCard status wouldn't even let me in the door back there for uh, for a kiss meet and greet. This is very affordable for fans, so go check this out. If you, you know, it adds so much to the experience. And to me, you know, in an era of you know these tours, just being so grateful that bands like Collective Soul, it's certainly Jim Blossoms. I think they're doing the same thing. They're they're still so active. Yep. It's great. So go check this out. Go check you guys out. The album Blood. It's June twenty first. 
Johnny Rab, cannot thank you enough for joining us here on the Music Mania podcast, man. It's been a pleasure. I think we've run the gambit now. I think officially we have interviewed every member of Collective Soul. We've the the, the piece is complete, man. The puzzle's complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Clint. Uh, we're happy to you know be on your your podcast. This is great. So thanks so much. We'll see you very soon as well. You will see August thirty first in St. Louis, my friend. Best of luck on the album and the tour, Johnny. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. What a loaded show it was, and that's just the beginning because the Music Mania podcast, we are bringing you these interviews and many more as the summer progresses. So many more shows coming up. So many more interviews. It's all going to be happening. Check out the website, musicmaniapodcast.com to catch up with uh, and keep up with all my appearances, things that I'm going to be at, shows I'm going to be at. Um, I'm going to be catching up with, uh, I think my next show, I've got Vixen coming up here in Edgerton, Kansas. And uh, then Firehouse is going to be uh, over here in Kansas as well on June 29th. So that's my next couple weeks. And then before hitting the road uh, in July to do some shows and to go on vacation in Colorado. So it's going to be a busy summer for me. It's what it's all about. I just hope that you enjoy everything that we do here. Um, obviously, we appreciate the feedback. Um, find us on Twitter at Music Mania. Uh, podcast underscore show. You can uh, send me all the feedback. Let me know what guests you'd like to have on. Um, send me an email, musicmaniapodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns. Uh, always love the interaction, guys. I answer those emails personally. So appreciate you guys for joining us. Next week, we're going to be joined uh, by Sheer Ross from Vixen. And uh, you never know who else might peek in there, guys. A lot of our uh, shows uh, during the summertime are loaded up with uh, multiple interviews. So we know we got Cher coming up and there could be more. Watch out for us next week on the Music Mania Podcast. <laughs>